0: Welcome to the Under a Pile of Books podcast. In this episode, I interview M.L. Wong, author of The Sword of Kaigen, one of my top reads of 2019. I even managed not to geek out too much, I think. M.L. gave a great interview, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. I'm here with M.L. Wong, the author of The Sword of Kaigen, uh, as well as uh, several young adult books set in the same universe. I'm super excited to have her joining the podcast and uh, looking forward to a great conversation tonight. So uh, welcome, ML.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's good to be here, virtually here.
0: <laughs> yeah, very good. It's, well, it's great to have you. And um, I wanted to uh, to kind of start things off sort of uh, just a, a little bit of a general question. What inspired uh, your uh, Theonite universe overall? Because obviously you've got uh, a young adult series that you're writing in this world, and then you also just this year published The Sword of Kaigen. And so very different uh, kind of kind of tones in terms of the books, but what inspired the overall universe?
1: Um, so this is actually a really difficult question because I would- <laughs> I was so young when I started writing these books. Um, I was, well, I was probably 10 when I started kicking the ideas around. I don't think I'd properly drafted a chunk of the story until I was 12. But wow. um, that, you know, that part of childhood is really fuzzy. And of course, at that, at that stage, it was a really different story. Um, it was mostly a Harry Potter knockoff. Um,
0: okay. I yeah. had
1: this idea, oh, I'm going to have magic kids in a story that takes place in a magic school. But even then, before I'd figured out, um, what it really meant to use literature to comment on other literature, it was a response to the things that I thought could have been done better in Harry Potter. I was really pretentious. I always thought I could do everything better. <laughs> um, uh, Like the fact that I always wanted more of the different houses to be explored and the different magical races. I wanted more conflict um, and more sort of diversity of different sorts of creatures and personality types in the main cast. So I think I think that was probably the starting idea of the Theonite series. Um, Then it got my... Magical girl phase in early middle school piled on top of that, and that was the origin of uh, the idea of the core cast all having really distinct powers that you know worked against or complemented each other in various interesting ways. Because every magical girl show, each girl has like a different color hair or whatever. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And- power um so i started to divide out my characters into different types of magical being um, also during that phase we got all the superhero influence thrown in there which i think is it doesn't take much exploration to see where that manifests in the universe there are there's just crime fighting in it and that
0: right, yeah, that's right. around
1: um, uh, and then it it wasn't until high school as I was drafting it that I realized that the universe I was creating was something that I was using to comment on race and history and oppression. Mm -hmm. Naturally it wasn't until high school that I actually understood what a theme was like a literary theme. And Mm -hmm. I, uh, had the self-awareness to realize, Oh, this is what I'm doing with the universe. And consequently I restructured it. Um, I also happened to watch Avatar for the first time during high school, so that had a definite influence on how I restructured the existing elemental superpowers that had carried over from the magical girls um, and sort of organized them into ethnicities that had really specific uh, relations to and conflicts with each other. So the structure of the World, sort of where the different ethnicities fall on the map and the superpowers they have is something that took shape while I was in high school. Um, and then when I was in college, I supplemented that with a bunch of history just so I could make it seem more grounded and realistic. Uh, so, yeah, basically, that's a very long explanation of how the inspiration for the universe sort of went in phases over multiple decades now so
0: yeah but I I think I mean I think that's really cool so you've actually been like in some form the idea for this this world and 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 whatnot has been has really been with you in in some form since you were you know a kid since I mean like before middle school when you were 10 or whatever
1: yeah. I would not recommend this as a world building strategy it <laughs> has resulted in the series really suffering from some identity issues, which I think people notice um, uh, where they're like, wait, so is it, is it fantasy or is it steampunk or is it sci-fi or is it superhero? And the answer is it's all of those. Cause I couldn't stop throwing things into the pot as I underwent
0: different phases. Well, I, you know, that certainly works with The Sword of Kaigen anyway. I mean, it, it is, um, it's is—it's awesome. So, uh, listeners, if you have not yet uh, checked out uh, The Sword of Kaigen, I have no idea why you haven't, because it's <laughs> awesome. You've heard that from me. You've heard that if you are if you follow book Twitter at all. You've obviously heard that from Petrick over at Novel Notions and a bunch of other folks. So, uh, definitely uh, go give uh, The Sword of Kaigen a read. And um ml i wanted to kind of kind of get your your thoughts here on on that aspect i know, so the the sort of is your most recent novel set in this world um and it's been you know very well received uh you know on sort of the the book blogging uh, circuit twitter uh you know for particularly for a self-published, you know, an indie uh, novel, it's it seems to me to have have gotten quite a bit of um, press on Twitter. A lot of people talking about it. I think it's awesome. Did did you expect that reception, particularly when you were you, when you were about to put out the the sort of of Kaigan, Did you know that it was kind of a, a different kind of thing, and you were really expecting this, or or what do you think makes it maybe stand out to people?
1: No, so I. First off, to answer your first question, I didn't expect that at all. I was, um, and I think that you can tell from reading The Sword of Kaigen, I was pretty depressed when I wrote it. (laughs) I was not feeling good about it. Um, I was not feeling great about the world. And it certainly didn't help because it is rough subject material. Yeah, yeah, it's Um, it's
0: definitely dark, yeah.
1: And I just like was not having a great time employment-wise or family-wise. I don't need to get into that. But I was not... In an optimistic place. Um, I, I think people who were around and who were aware of it during the pre order will have noticed that I did launch it very aggressively. I mm-hmm. did a pre order campaign that I was not really equipped to handle. I mean, I did get everything shipped, but it was kind of nightmarish to be organizing these pre order oh, packages I can imagine, all by right. myself. Um, especially you out
0: artwork, right?
1: I did multiple pieces of artwork and there were stickers and a a whole bunch of it I designed by myself. Um, And uh, there were more pre-orders than I expected because Petrick's review came out on Novel Notions while the book was still on Mm -hmm, Um, mm pre-order. So clearly I launched it aggressively. I launched it as if I was optimistic, but that was kind of out of desperation because I had sunk so much time into it, it's mm-hmm. a chunky book, and it was incredibly difficult for me to write. It was, um, it was really ambitious compared to the Theonite books emotionally, because Theonite is heavy on world building. Um, but while that's really complex and time consuming, it's fun for me. It's
0: right, It's sure. not
1: emotionally taxing. Um, so. N- not only had I put a bunch of time into the sort of Kaigen, I, I feel like, or I felt like it had really <laughs> drained me quite a lot. So there was a sense of desperation, like, oh, well, this, this better launch <laughs> well. right, right. <laughs> Or what did I do with the last year and a half? Um, so I was not by any means expecting it to do that well. Um, and it's it's been interesting. Um. Uh, so many people having strong opinions about a thing that was just your thing taking place in your head is a pretty strange experience. Um, and even as somebody who always wanted to be an author, I don't think you can really predict how you're going to react to that as a human. Um, Mm. so it's been interesting. It's been a learning experience.
0: Oh, well, that's, that's, that's cool. And, uh, you know, I, I do, I do actually remember back your, sort of your, your pre-order campaign or whatnot. I think I actually heard about the book initially. It might've been Kitty G on YouTube had a, had an arc or something that she was mentioned. I don't even know if she, she did a full review of it, but, but she mentioned that she had this and it sounded really interesting and she kind of ran through the blurb or whatever. And I think I heard about it on her channel and I was like, Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's just kind of neat how people, people hear about these things and, uh, um, and yeah, but, but it's obviously, uh, like I said, very uh, well received and has definitely stood out. And I think a lot of people, you know, on my Twitter feed, um, people that I uh, that I talk to uh, and interact with, uh, you know, even beyond Twitter, uh, really think this is just a standout novel. And, you know, I, I have an idea of what I think makes it makes it stand out. But but I'm always curious what, you know, as the author, you know, this is kind of your baby. So so to <laughs> you, you know, what kind of makes uh, Kuygens stand out? Um, and what do you maybe think makes it stand out to to people?
1: Um, that's tough. Well, it's a tough question to answer. Interestingly, I'm I like to think that I'm aware of my strengths as an author, and I've always written strong characters.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: For all the complaints about my prose or world building, people have generally enjoyed my characters since I was really young. Um. And I did put a lot of work into these characters because they're older than the characters I usually write and they're older than mm-hmm. me. Um, mm-hmm. I worked really hard at making them complex. Uh, so it, it seems like that was a standout for people, which was predictable. The other thing is the martial arts, part of the horrible year I was having was being um, sort of in a, well, I, I don't want to go into it too much, but I, I sure. worked at a martial arts school for four years, and it was the same one that I have attended now for 11 years. Um, the work situation there was getting pretty harrowing, but um, uh, I think it definitely helped as f- to be a martial artist as far as weaving action together with character development and having those work in tandem instead of kind of as an afterthought to one another um and that's something I put a lot of work into I took I took two separate sword courses because weapons aren't my area of specialization so I I deliberately you know (laughs) brushed up on my weapons so that I could write them a little better for this book so I'm sure that didn't hurt either
0: Yeah, no, I, I, you know, one thing, in fact, I might have said this in in my review at some point, but, uh, you know, I think one of the things that that does come across so much in in this novel and is really unique uh, in a lot of ways is that the character development um, like comes through the action. It's not character development scene and then action scene or, you know, um, cool magic and 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 fighting or whatever, and then, you know, some some character development. the the, the characters grow through the actions that they take and the, the the action that we're reading on the page is the character development, you know, and and like vice versa. Um, which is which is really cool. and then obviously, you know, uh, the emotions you've done, I think, such a tremendous job of crafting just this, Authentic emotion um, on so many different levels, like both positive emotion and negative emotion, and just it, it is absolutely stand out. So, um, oh, yeah, so I, I I love it, and and I I told ML everyone before before we got started that I would try not to geek out too hard. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try to kind of pull myself back a little bit and um, and ask another question, and that is. Uh, so you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, as you were answering another question a little bit about Avatar, uh, you know, the last airbender, and your your magic system here, or maybe we might really say magic systems, you know, there are various elemental magics. And I think it's really interesting. I absolutely love magic systems. It's one of the things that I think is just awesome about fantasy and one of the things that keeps me reading all the different uh, ways that authors come up to, to do magic. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's really neat. So in, in this world, uh, in your world, your than I world, uh, you know, the, these elemental magic systems are very interesting and it feels a little avatar, the last airbender, but, but yet somehow more real and more, more authentic maybe than, you know, um, avatar and you know in terms of 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 that or whatever but how do you go about developing this sort of really quite intricate magic system and 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 like i said almost different uh systems depending on the elements and and then some of like the the um uh I can't remember their, their name, but the, the people who can like manipulate light and like uh, make, make illusions and stuff. It's all just a little different. How did you go about developing with all that intricacy uh, your magic systems?
1: Um, well, the answer to that is actually really similar to uh, how wh- whatever the earlier question was about how mm-hmm. I developed the universe in that it was just a progressive cycle through different ideas. I'd pull in some magical girl stuff and some superhero stuff. And I gradually filter out what I didn't like about those influences. And I <laughs> hold on to the things that were really working out for me. Um, so like, there are a lot of superpowers in the, those earlier, earlier drafts of, the story from when I was 12 or 13 that are just absolutely absent because they were so dumb and they weren't working Uh and they didn't work within the logic that I was kind of going for. And uh, you're correct in saying that my, or in guessing that my goal was always to make it feel grounded. Mm -hmm. Um, Another early influence that I totally forgot to cite was, um, I think like most people my age, I watched Matilda growing up um, based on the book by Roald Dahl, where the little bookworm girl can move things with her mind. Um, And I think like a lot of kids after watching that movie, I spent a lot of time trying to move stuff. Of course. right, right. (laughs) Um, And that was a really distinctive experience for me, this, this, Uh, feeling that I should be able to physically influence the world beyond my arm's reach through sheer force of will and energy. And I think I kind of stuck on that all the way through adulthood. Um, And that's one of the things that's kind of fascinating or to me is really fun and fascinating about martial arts and why I find it kind of addictive is the ability to physically affect the world in ways that don't necessarily seem possible on the face of it, um, and to just sort of gradually get better at that. And I have spent hours more recently than I'd care to admit like trying (laughs) to put out a candle with a palm heel strike And I can do it, but I don't want to admit how much of my adult life I sunk into that. (laughs) Um, So it was always, I loved these fantastical powers, but I always wanted them to be grounded in something really human and something the average person could relate to. And I think that's why I have always been compelled by like superheroes and other magical people whose powers are affected by their emotions too because both physical movement like the martial arts in avatar and your emotional state are really human things that if you translate them into magic they feel right and i was always more interested in that than like spells and potions and incantations Mm -hmm.
0: you know that that's really awesome you know i think to, to to me that is um Again, all of this gets gets grounded, your whole world, it seems like, really gets grounded in, in character and what those characters are experiencing. And I think that makes it, you know, really uh, connect so well.
1: Oh, and um, I did want to add. I'm sorry. Oh, I okay, wanted to add because... I don't want anybody to misconstrue this. I would never say anything bad or imply anything bad about the original Avatar series. Um, And I do wanna point out that the fact that I write books allows me to play to the strength of my medium where I think that Avatar The Last Airbender perfectly handles its elemental magic system in terms of being a show about animated characters. Oh
0: yeah, Um, yeah, 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 right.
1: So it communicates the movement element really well. Um, But the advantage of writing a book and being inside the character's head is that you can engage the magic system on this whole other level. Um, Whereas, you know, describing beat by beat action is not always a great idea in novels.
0: Yeah, Not that I'm one to talk, because I do a lot (laughs) of that. But at the same time, you know, you're absolutely right. And I think Avatar, one of the things that it does so well is, you know, it, it does all of this stuff that it does so well, character and, and uh, cool, you know, martial arts, magic system and everything. And I mean, it does these in, in 20 minute segments, you know, which is also very different than a novel. Um yeah. You know, particularly a novel as as um, sizable and meaty as, as Kaigen. So, um so that that that's really cool. Thank you. Um, all of that's that's super interesting. I kind of like I said, I, I uh, you know I, I'd love to to sit here for three hours and just geek out. But uh, sort of totally different question. Uh, yeah. You know, what um what books are you currently reading? Or I know sometimes authors are so busy busy writing that they don't necessarily have a lot of time to read. Um. So you know what. Uh, maybe if you're not reading anything currently, what have you read recently that you've enjoyed or?
1: Um, well, this is always an embarrassing question because I'm a really bad reader. If you ask yeah. any yeah. teacher who's ever had me, well, getting me to learn to read was like pulling teeth. <laughs> um. I read basically no fiction in college because I had, um, you know, I was majoring in history, and that's really hard. That's a lot of reading, and I have really limited energy um, because of my bad attention span, and just the the written word is really difficult for me. So I've just recently discovered Audible, which is fantastic, and I've been using it to catch up and work my way through all the Sanderson, which is fantastically fun. Well, I, I think you could probably tell based on what I write that I was delighted to find out about Anderson and Mistborn and all that. Um, Let me see. The most recent book I finished reading was Mask of Shadows by Lindsay Miller. I was just at a book signing with her. So I really wanted to um, be familiar with her book before I got there. Uh, And... Yeah, I I really enjoyed Mask of Shadows. It's YA, it's got a cutesy little YA romance. Um, The thing that I enjoyed most about it was the assassin protagonist was frankly quite believable as a thief turned assassin, which for me at least Ah. is really rare in YA. Um, And the the action landed and it felt like we've been discussing grounded Um, Mm -hmm. It felt physically real, and I so I really enjoyed that. And so I was, uh, as a consequence, super stoked to meet her in person, and now I've got the second one, and I'm really excited about that. I'm also reading a manuscript of a fantasy book written by one of my adult karate students, and she's looking to self-publish. I'm trying to, like, keep a lid on my excitement so I'm not too weird at her all at once. I really... (laughs) I really want to do her cover art though, and like help her with her launch and stuff. So hopefully there will be more happy news on that front soon.
0: Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. The, the, you know, the last thing I need is is more books on my TBR, but that <laughs> is fine. I will take them. So <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so that's that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, we are uh, about out of time here, ML. So how can listeners find you and uh, your books and information about your world online?
1: Okay, my website is mlwangbooks.com so m l w a n g books all one word.com. I also blog there on occasion. Um, my blog posts are rambly like my talking. My books can all be found on Amazon the paperbacks, I believe, are also available through Book Depository and Barnes and Noble online. The eBooks are exclusive to Amazon, with the exception of the first Theonite book, which you can get for free by signing up online newsletter or signing up to my newsletter uh, at mlwangbooks.com. And I'm also fairly active on Twitter at W A N G. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for for talking uh, tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks again for having me. This was really fun. Sorry I went like way too long on a bunch of the questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. It's great to have you.
1: Thank you.